Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Episode of the Behind the You podcast, and we are joined by Coach Larry Coker. Coach, thanks for doing this. Hey, great to be with you. Let's start 1995. Butch is hired at the University of Miami, and he hires you. Was that a previous relationship from Oklahoma State, or were you guys connected in a different way? How did that relationship come to be? That was pretty much it. And then we also—he was a high school coach at Oklahoma, and I was—I was a high school coach at Oklahoma. So there was a, there was a connection there. Yes. You came from Ohio State, where you with John Cooper, someone who you worked with prior at, at Tulsa. But at Ohio State, you were the DBs coach. What attracted you to Miami? Was it getting back to calling plays? Well, yeah, I got back to coaching on offense, and plus, you know, been at Miami and such a great place and a great tradition, and plus, uh, what well, I felt like would be a wonderful place to live. A little better than Columbus. <laughs> yes. How was being the DB coach? If you were the DB coach at Miami, you would have had some good guys to coach as well. Well, we had a lot of good guys at Miami, but I enjoyed it very much. Had some good players at, at uh, Ohio State. And uh, John was a secondary coach and really was did a great job mentoring me and helped me kind of get the transition from coaching offense to coaching defense. Now, I guess we should let people know, in high school, you played defensive back, right? So you weren't completely unfamiliar with the position, but how'd you make that transition from defense where you played as a player to then a, a coach? Well, you know what? I was a, at a small school in Oklahoma, and we're in a small school. We kind of coach everything, and uh, that was kind of the thing about it. And I, of course, I played quarterback in high school, and so it was a f- fairly easy transition for me. Or I felt like it was anyway. Now, is it true you actually signed on to play college basketball at Oklahoma State? Well, I, I tried to, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that didn't last very long. I found out that uh, they played at a different level than what I played at. But that's pretty impressive. I guess you're a true two-sport athlete. <laughs> well, I tried to be, yes. We make that transition from Ohio State to Miami, but let's get back into the origination, I guess, uh, of your coaching tree. After you're done with your college, you, you get into to high school coaching, correct? You're a high school coach in Oklahoma? That's exactly right, yes. John Cooper hires you to make the jump to college football, but I read somewhere along the way you actually took a pay cut. Is that true? You know what? I did, and... <laughs> That was kind of a really, uh, I'm glad you, I'd forgotten about that, but I sure did take a pay cut. That was kind of a, you know, should I do this? I really had a tough time explaining to my wife why, why we needed to, to do that. And yeah, I did take a pay cut. Had you known Coach Cooper prior to that? Yes, had known, yes. Was it just your interest in making the move up to the collegiate level? Well, you know, he, he uh, had recruited some of my players when I, as a high, when I was a high school coach and uh, spent a lot of time around our program. And he told me one time when he was recruiting, he said, you know, if I have an opening, he said, I'd like to hire you. I said, yeah, would you be arrested? I said, yes, I'd definitely be arrested. Well, I didn't really realize that and didn't pay very much money at that, at that time. And I was going to explain to my wife what I was going to do. Yeah, I've got this chance to be a college football coach, but here's the guy that kicked her. I had to take a pay cut. That's probably uh, your first foray into recruiting, right? You had to convince her it was the right thing to do. Exactly right. Then how'd you make the move to Oklahoma State? Was Jimmy the coach there by any chance? Uh, I tell you, yeah, Jimmy was the coach, yes. 
Well, Jimmy had recruited one of my players, and so he he kind of knew me. And he when they had an opportunity at open, he said, "I want to hire you." I said, "Okay, so sounds good to me." That's as easy as it was, right? Yes, it was. Now he uh, he hired you to be the offensive coordinator. Yes, I think that's right. So now you had one of the first looks at Jimmy Johnson. Obviously, here in Miami, everyone loves Jimmy for what he accomplished at the University of Miami. Was he the same guy back then that we all came to know here at his time coaching the Hurricanes? Well, I, th- I think he was. I think he was, you know. As you get older and mature, I get better, and I think Jimmy did that. But he was Jimmy was a talent. He really was, and he's got a special talent. You know, he had some people have a gift, and I think he had a, he had a gift. What do you think that gift was? Well, you know, the way he just uh, probably the way he dealt with people and his the way he evaluated. He was he's a great at evaluating talent. At Oklahoma State, I think you know these two names: uh, Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas. That's a pretty good group of running backs. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but I had them both in the same backfield at one time. <laughs> No, we did. Uh, they had them both, and uh, they were just phenomenal players. And uh, we had Thurman. I said, you know, so, so I don't know about uh, we lost Thurman Thomas, but so, so this, this Sanders kid said he's pretty special. So, look, you, you've had Thurman and Barry, and you had the whole group that came through Miami. With Thurman compared to any of those Miami guys? Thurman was a little different because he could, he could have done it. Thurman could have been a quarterback and could have, he could have been the coach. He, could, he was very, very smart. I don't know if I can compare it with anybody, but you know, man, the guy, Eddie George, Eddie George, Eddie George was so big and strong and fast, but Thurman was just so smart and so uh, deceptive. How'd you keep Barry Sanders on the bench? Uh, I wasn't very smart. Barry, Barry was just a phenomenal talent. And he, play, and he played quite a bit. Obviously, he wasn't a starter until Thurman, Thurman was gone. Is it true that he wasn't recruited that heavily? He wasn't recruited at all. So who found him? You know what? I really can't remember right now, but I remember this because I remember telling him, I said, you know, this, this Sanders kid said he's, he looks pretty good to me. So. So we ended up taking him, yeah. When you go back and watch the film of Barry, obviously you saw it firsthand, but even still, when you go back and watch the film, were you still in all the things that maybe you missed during the game? You know what I am, and I tell you, I think, I think about Barry, I said, I think Barry can take a, a four-yard loss, or it should be a four-yard loss, and make a two-yard gain out of it. He's that type of player. He's just, he was just phenomenal. Had great hands. He, he didn't have good speed. He had great speed, tremendous moves. He said that six cents about him that could avoid uh, avoid tacklers. How unbelievable was that Heisman Trophy winning season? Well, it was totally unbelievable. You know, and just a great thrill for me, obviously as his coach, but especially for him and for his family. You know, that's something just, uh, that doesn't happen very often. It's a great thrill. Now, you saw another good game from a running back from the University of Miami. Edron James had a nice game against UCLA in 1998. How would that game compare to some of the ones that Barry put up 10 years before? Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was a good coach when I had some guys like Barry Sanders and Edward James, Eddie George. No, no, I tell you, I don't know how to compare, but it, it was a phenomenal game. And, and I tell you, I look back at it, and, and I know uh, they called me after that. So you know what? I don't know about that kid. He's coach, he's unbelievable. So he's unbelievable. And he really was. So you leave Oklahoma State. We talked about getting to Ohio State with Coach Cooper. Uh, and then we talked about how, how Butch finally calls. So when Butch calls you and asks you to be the offensive coordinator, obviously he's taken over after Dennis was there and they'd won championships. What was his vision for taking Miami over? What did he talk to you about? Well, he said, you know, you come here and win championships. <laughs> he made it real simple. <laughs> that, that was really got it. You were in from the beginning. Yeah, I was. I did. I had to leave Coach Cooper. Coach Cooper was so good to me, and I really liked Ohio State, but you know, a chance to go to a place like Miami and uh, get back and coach offense, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly pass that up. I know kind of right after you guys got there and there was a bull ban and there was a scholarship reduction. Were you guys aware of that before you got there or, or that, that kind of hit after you got there? I th- well, I think we're kind of aware that some things could happen. I don't think we're, we're aware of how severe it could be. 
I'll say this about Butch: of all things he did, he handled that extremely well. I mean, uh, he really just—he didn't complain, didn't, didn't cry, moan. Just just went to work, coached and recruited, and fought to probably kind of save the program there. So you talked about Jimmy being a good evaluator at talent. You start, you look at the roster that ultimately Butch put together. I guess he had a good mentor, huh? He did. I tell you, he really had a lot of respect for Jimmy, and I think uh, Butch did, did a great job of that, and was a really good. Uh, Evaluator of talent. I think Jimmy was a good, a t- good teacher. What do you think it was key to Butch? You know, what, what was he seeking when he would put together, you know, your recruiting philosophy? Well, big thing he said was, well, when kids are with character, kids that want to work hard and have character. He didn't want troublemakers. You know, at that time, I think Miami had kind of had a little tradition of having some bad actors, some bad character kids, and Butch was strong about recruiting character kids, kids with character. You know, good students want kids to graduate. One of the guys that was there when you got there was Ray Lewis. When you first got there and you first laid eyes on Ray Lewis, was his presence immediately felt like, did you know right away that guy is one hell of a football player? You had a pretty good idea. <laughs> Ray wasn't bashful. He'd let you know he was pretty damn good. You guys were going at it in practice, right? You were trying to defeat him. Yeah, Ray was really a talented guy. and yeah, really A lot of fun to be around him, to be quite honest with you. Would he jaw you a little bit, Coach? Probably talk a little bit to you. No, no, a little bit, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a fun way. It wasn't malicious. Two years later, I think Ezra and James comes into the fold. or he, No, he came in 96. He, 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 98 was the big game. Were you involved in his recruitment? Not too much. He was pretty much, uh, he was coming. And uh, I think that was the thing. I don't, I don't remember who recruited Ezra. I think it might have been uh, Rob Chizitsky, I believe, uh, recruited Ezra. In that 96 class, that, for, that first class when you guys get there, Edrin's there, Bubba Franks, Damian Lewis, Nate Webster, Al Blades. How important was that class to start kind of building the program to where you guys had a vision of where you wanted it to be, where ultimately in 2000, 2001, 2002, it takes off. Tell you what, you thought some, some big time names here. Those were some, some, some great players and some really good kids. Did they kind of form a core for, for what you guys could build around? Well, they had no doubt about it. They really did. They were just you know, the, the core of the program, really. Dan Morgan was on this podcast. I know he was he played both ways in high school, but could he have played running back at UM? Dan Morgan could play anything. He's just a great talent, great leader, tough kid. And uh, but he, he played the right position. He was a linebacker and just did a phenomenal job. But no, he, he definitely could have played running back. Hey, in ni- 1997, coach, you know, you get there the first two years, you, you have some success. Obviously, the scholarships start to get reduced. The talent on the roster obviously is minimized because you can only you know have so many kids on the team. That 97 team, five and six. How hard was that year? Well, that's really hard. You know, a lot of people people didn't under, understand that. They just thought it was Miami just with all the games. You know, that's from the, the fans and the outsiders. But it was very, very hard. And uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for the kids that were there and did the best they could. And we coached, and you know, we did, did what we could. How did you guys navigate that? How did you guys kind of keep the team together? Well, Butch did a great job. He was, he, Butch was a great leader, and I thought he did a heck of a job. Just uh, Butch coached for Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy was kind of hey. You know, just put your heart out on and go to work. And that's what Butch did. And I, I guess that's a big part of it. And don't lie, don't complain, just go go to work and coach and then go out and let's go recruit. That's the key, right? Go recruit. That's exactly right. But you'd brought in a couple of good classes. The 96 class we mentioned, the 97 class had Reggie Wayne and Ed Reed and Santana Moss, Najee Davenport. So even though the 97 season uh, was challenging, do you feel like between those two classes, you had built a foundation that you could kind of build from and grow from? Well, no doubt about it. Those names you mentioned, those are special players and special kids. They could have played anywhere. And not only that, they're just tremendous leaders and just quality, quality kids. Edger and James, I've mentioned him a few times here. On this podcast, his name has come up with guys like Santana Moss and Clinton Portis. And you can sense how important he was as kind of a, a guide. As a coach, 
you were his offensive coordinator. What made him special to coach? Well, he's one of the smartest players you'll ever be around. As Edgar Jenks could take a, what should be a four-yard loss to make a two-yard gate out of it. I mean, he's just that type of player. Very, very smart. As much as there's talent, intelligence is key, and that leads me to my next question, which is in 99, you get a freshman quarterback, tall and lanky, by the name of Ken Dorsey. At some point that year, you just start, I know Kenny Kelly got hurt, but you say, Ken, we're going to give you a shot. What made you believe in him? What led you to believe that he could handle that as a freshman? Well, I'll tell you what, he's, he was a special kid. I think, I think Butch Davis had as much to do that about as anybody. He really believed in Kenny Dorsey, and I think uh, when we recruited Kenny, his, his high school coach told me, his coach says, you, you recruited Kenny, he says, you have no idea what you've got. You think you've got a good player, but uh, you have no idea. He'll be one of, the, one of the best you've ever had. What did you see about him that, that thought he'd be a good fit here? Well, you know what? He was, uh, he was a tremendous leader. He had, uh, had range. He, he didn't have a great arm, but had a great release. You know, just something about him. He's just kind of special. Was he the film uh, junkie that everyone said he was? No doubt about it. He's extremely well coached in high school, too. His, his high school coach was very, very good, and, and uh, he was uh, well, well coached. That brings me to the uh, 2000 season. Everyone talks about the big touchdown against Florida State, Dorsey to Shockey. You're the guy calling the play. So was that the primary read? Was, was Jeremy Shockey, was that where the ball was supposed to go in that game-winning play? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's where it went. That's where it's supposed to go. But you know what? With, uh, with Kidding, he was going, he's going to hit the open guy. And uh, Shockey, was, Shockey was the guy – and he believed in Jeremy, and Jeremy said Jeremy's going to make a play, and certainly what she did. You know, so many people point to that game. What do you remember from that game, the UMFSU game in 2000? Well, I remember it was just kind of like, you know what, this game is over. It's over. We're beaten. Kind of able to hang in there and somehow win the football game, but it's just a, just a phenomenal football game. Well, maybe one of the best ever played. Somebody told me this is the best ever played. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, so did you guys feel like you should have been playing for the championship in 2000? You know, I do, but I'm, I'm kind of I'm prejudiced, obviously. Really, we had a great team. Yeah, no, you guys had a phenomenal team. And then, of course, Butch leaves, and uh, you take over. And, and as the story goes, a lot of players went to then-athletic director Paul D to kind of advocate for you. Were you aware of that? Were you aware that you had that much support from the players? Uh, not to begin with, but after it was over, I, I really was. And uh, that, was, well, that was kind of the difference. Because they never hired an assistant coach at Miami to be the head coach. And that was, to me, that was the difference. And I think the players knew, knew me and knew we had a good, good thing going. And it sort of keeps some uh, consistency. Did you want the job? Well, of course I did. You know, I didn't, I didn't, want, didn't want Butch to leave. But uh, since he was, was left, I definitely wanted a job because I knew he had a chance. Because I, I signed a lot of those players. I recruited a lot of them. And I knew he had a chance to have a really good football team. And I, really, I loved it there. I wanted to stay there. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. So what, as you put together your staff, I know you kept a lot of guys, you put some guys in some new positions. What did you think the key was to keep the transition as smooth as possible? Well, I hired an offensive coordinator. I think Rob Trzynski was a real key, to be, to be quite honest with you. He was, he was just a phenomenal hire. And then what, you had Randy on the other side, correct? Yeah, Randy was, you know, that was the, the consistency there. And I think Randy was uh, very, very popular with the players and I like as a recruiter. And it was just a good, a good transition, easy transition for me, really. 
I read somewhere that one of the keys was you said, I guess it would have been the 2001 class, the class that was coming in, that that was the key, right? You had to kind of salvage that class. And that class had Sean Taylor, Antrell Roll, Frank Gore, I think Vince Wolfrick might have been in it. So how'd you go about doing it? And that's a pretty good class, isn't it? I would say so. But there's a couple of pretty good classes we've talked about. Well, like the, the big thing was to really just go back out and, and once I got the job, get back out in the homes and sell them that, hey, this is the University of Miami and I'm here and you're committed and uh, let's, let's go make this thing happen. I know that's coach, coach speak, but it was true. I would imagine you had a pretty motivated team, right? A team that probably thought they should have played for the 2000 championship. They didn't. You guys won the Sugar Bowl, obviously. Did that also help with the transition, having an older team that was, I would imagine, uh, highly motivated, thinking that they should have had an opportunity to win a title the year before? No doubt about it. They really, and I think they should have had an opportunity to win the title. And, you know, it's, it's a great bunch of kids, a great bunch of players. They were highly motivated, and they wanted to, they wanted to win a championship. So that 2001 team, it starts off with a bang. You go win up in Happy Valley. Obviously, it was you had a good team coming back. But when did you know that that team, the championship team, the one in 2001, when did you know they, they were that good? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I know uh, Paul D. hired me to coach. My first game was at, at Penn State against Joe Paterno. If we, if we go there and play well and win, I knew we'd have a chance to be pretty good. Uh, we were a dominant team. We just, uh, just played great. And I knew then we had a chance to be very, very good. So which one scared you more, BC or Virginia Tech? Well, probably Virginia Tech. I had, a, you know, Frank Beamer was such a phenomenal coach and done a great job there. And we hadn't, we hadn't been Virginia Tech. They had, had, a, had our number, really. Do you still have memories of Ed Reed streaking down the field of BC? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I can see him right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's taking the ball from Matt Walters, and you're thinking yes, or you're thinking, oh, my, what is he doing? You know, I tried to coach him. I was like, get down, get down, get down. You know, then I was go, go, go. This is it. I'm going to, I'm setting you up here with an easy one, coach, a fastball. The 2001 team, the greatest of all time. Yes or no? No doubt about it. Phenomenal talent and it's a phenomenal team. It's one thing to have great talent, but to have also have a great team. And that was a great team. We had, and we had a guy, Rob Jasinski, and some coaches out here, very, very good. Rob Jasinski, your offensive coordinator, was very, very good. And I think he really molded all that thing to help, really helped mold it together. In 2002, you guys get back to the Fiesta Ball. There's always been this rumor. I don't know. I can't remember the details. I'll let you share them with us, uh, true or false. Willis McGee, he gets hurt in the game. I think Frank Gore had redshirted. There's always been some discussion that maybe he could have played and taken the red shirt off. Was that ever a discussion? Uh, it, was, it was a thought, yes. Uh, it was a possibility. and uh, Probably not the right thing to do, but yeah, I probably could have done that. Look, looking back, you know, maybe to win the game, yeah, possibly should have done it. But I think at that time, it was the right thing to do. That is one of the most gut-wrenching calls of all time, right? Any Miami Hurricane fan knows that uh, that call burns in their gut. You were the head coach of that team. Did you watch it again? Uh, yeah, I've seen it again. And <laughs> the call doesn't get any better, I tell, I tell you. I wouldn't think so. Can you take us back to the moment, that, like that moment, right? Incomplete, celebration, rush the field, flag comes out late. Like, how vividly do you recall the end of that game? I can recall it right now. It's devastating. You know, game's over, and uh, all of a sudden, you, know, you got to regroup and you get back off the field. And we had players with the pads off, and I mean, this is just crazy. And then they kind of to get regrouped and just to keep playing. It was, it was tough. It was very, very tough. It hurts right now. Think about it. Now, as a coach, you are the leader of men. I would imagine talking to that team after that game might have been one of the most challenging moments of your career. Is that true? There's no doubt about it. I know we talked about it, and I think about it now. I told you, you know, this, this one guy you remember for the rest of your life. And which is true, they will. 
but I just you know encourage them to eat the heads up and what a great year they've had, the great career they've had, and uh, don't, don't let that define them. The next year, you guys come back, and I remember the 2003 game against Florida State. I think it's in the rain. Sean Taylor has just a Heisman-worthy game. How would you rank that game defensively? Is that about as good a defensive game you've seen at anybody? Uh, maybe best ever. I tell you, he was just phenomenal. What a, what a great player. He was has such a phenomenal game. and I guess it's a, a great talent, great team, and, and tough situation. You had so much amazing talent. You mentioned Sean Taylor. I was going through the rosters of your time there. I mean, I'm probably going to forget somebody, but was there anyone that you were, I'm going to say in awe of, that's probably not the right word, but anyone you looked at and you just said, that guy playing football for my football team? Like, I've never seen anybody that looks like that. Well, you know, there's a couple of guys like Ed Reed, uh, Vince Wolfork. Those guys were just uh, awfully special. Tell me what, what you thought the first time you saw Andre Johnson. I thought he's a phenom. He's a guy so big and so fast. I've never seen a guy that big and that fast. He was a phenom. There are a couple of names we haven't mentioned. Brian McKinney, right? He's another kind of like, I don't know who, who created Brian McKinney. I think he, Brian, he was, he was unbelievable. And just a, he had the some unbelievable range, and uh, he was just a phenomenal pass protector because it was because of his athletic ability, but it was also his range. We don't, you know, we talked about Barry Sanders before and his unbelievable sixth sense. I, I would imagine you could apply the same kind of description to Devin Hester as it relates to his return game. Well, he he was a difference maker, and uh, you know. Uh, if you, if you kick the ball to Devin, you're crazy because he was just a threat every time he touched the ball. I think people started to kind of keep it away from him, but he was just a, a phenomenal talent back there, a great weapon. Coach, I know uh, you, we've gone down memory lane here. How much did you enjoy your time at Miami? I enjoyed it a lot. It's a great place to be, and great players, and a great tradition, and a lot of a lot of expectations. But no, I really enjoy. It. We really loved it there. Enjoyed it there. Now, this year is the 20th anniversary of the 2001 championship. I think they're going to have a big celebration. One of the weekends to kind of honor you guys again. You looking forward to coming over? Very much so. Look forward to it. Coach, thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure doing this. You're a treasure to all of us, and uh, thank you for taking us behind the U. Well, thank you for calling. Enjoyed it.